0: This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Alrighty, so today I have Jonathan Frederick, and Jonathan is a fellow podcast host. Yes, of the Heart Healthy, yeah, the Heart Healthy Hustle, the Heart Healthy Hustle podcast. Yeah, so I mean, if you knew, if you like, was, if you were looking at his bio right now, you'd see like I am that he just truly wants to help people. Um, with their physical well being, et cetera, so really he does have this passion for helping people live healthfully while they pursue their passion, which is really where I think the basis of his podcast comes in, like how do you have a business and not kill yourself right, or how do you work uh, how do you do things you're passionate about, which we can really go, go go sometimes and hustle um and then also so start to get some burnout and actually that 's a huge piece sort of in medicine that can happen but Jonathan's background is that he um went to school for exercise science did pre-physical therapy, has worked in chiropractic, has worked as a medical x-ray person, has worked in spinal rehab. So really all the physical pieces. So we're going to talk to him a lot about body therapies. And then he's got some insights on how, um, you know, the emotional piece ties into the physical piece um, and how people really need to support this physical side in order for their overall health to improve. So I'm excited to talk about this whole topic. Welcome, Jonathan.
1: Thank you, Krista. I'm excited to be with you guys and uh, stay tuned because we're going to have a killer interview.
0: Cool. So let's talk big picture. When we say the word body therapy, what do we mean by that? What is, what is body therapy?
1: Well, it really depends. I mean, if, if you break it down from body and therapy, uh, we're talking about caring for the human body and the physical aspects. Um, body therapy can be there, There's so many different avenues. I'm not an MD, so I'm not the person to speak on that directly. However, my experience is something I'm more than happy to share all about. And I've had, um, you know, a- anything from a, a deep tissue massage to uh, extensive chiropractic work, traction, you know, physiotherapies, all different types of things, um, electric stim, all this stuff to work with my body and work around my injuries so that I can live uh, as best as possible.
0: So we were talking off air about one way that I talk through this a little bit with clients and talk to them about how it's important that they get structural things and body um, like physical pieces in line is that we think picture of a triangle and we think about health, you know, not just being in a silo, which is we sometimes consider, but you know, having different elements. And so I think nutrition, I'm a little biased, but I think nutrition is a huge, huge piece, right? Diet and um, fueling oh, yeah. ourselves and all that side. And then the emotions are a huge piece of it. And it's kind of a misconception that this podcast is all about emotions and it's not, but it is how all of it fits together, really. mm mm-hmm. And how we mm-hmm. all, like, we can have these physical and structural stressors. And that's the other piece is the structural piece. So sometimes there are structural pieces. If you're, if you're doing um, a lot of chiropractic care, you see that because that's part of the discussion there is that those bones being slightly shifted, subluxations could be pressing on nervous system. So if we think about how structure is so important, um, that's kind of, those are some things I think of. But you have a lot more experience in that area. Can you do, give us some, like, stories of things? I think you had said um, maybe you want to just share your background a little bit more with
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you mentioned in the intro, I studied exercise science and I was pre-physical therapy and I was very proactive in my undergrad studies. I was focused on uh, understanding health in a comprehensive way, not just passing my tests in classes. And I struggled. I was not an awesome student, but I did pretty well. I was a smart guy. When it came down to the wire, I would typically pull A's and B's, uh, sometimes fail and get D's as well and have to retake courses. So that was all present. But in terms of a uh, little bit of my background in this area, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I was a pole vaulter in, in high school, so that kind of jacked my right shoulder uh, a little bit out of, out of whack, if you will. Uh, it's a very, if you're not familiar with what pole vaulting is, it's known as the most technical sport in the world. Uh, Olympic, uh, it's in the Olympics. It's where they run with a pole. Basically, it's a fiberglass pole typically nowadays. <clears throat> and you run down toward what's called the pit and you, you know, all the technique and everything is there, and you just jump into the pole. The pole bends, and it launches you up over a target um, fiberglass pole that you try to clear and not touch. So I was doing that for a few years in high school, and I also got really into bodybuilding at, around that same time because I found out that I had what I thought at the time was scoliosis, which is, you know, an S-curve or uh, abnormal curvature of your spine, and I I... <laughs> I'll share with you guys openly because you—you this is more of a health-focused podcast. I, I struggled with a couple things growing up. I remember as a little boy, I actually used to have excessive flatulence, okay? So that was something that people would always pick on me for, to be like, oh, why are you always farting? I was like, look, I'm not, this is just my body does this. And so after I started getting treated with chiropractic, things were getting back in alignment. Uh, that was like, stuff like that just stops happening. And you take it for granted, Um, health is really important and physical health uh, is, is so key. But yeah, back to a bit of my background with this. Uh, after I got out of school, uh, I went and I served as a rehab, a spinal rehab specialist and my duties included a plethora of things, but mainly I worked with traction and getting people, putting people through modalities to realign their spine permanently so that after they would get adjusted from the chiropractor, they would work with me and then we would work on helping their spine to be <clears throat> in proper alignment for the long term and not just, you know, snap, crackle, pop, you're on your way. Um, cause I know there's a lot of misconception around chiropractic, unfortunately. Uh, and, and honestly there's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, well, I don't need to say that, but yeah, the rehab specialist was awesome. And then I got my certification in, um, as a medical x-ray tech and I tell you, even in my own young body, I'm 27 at the time. And Krista, when I got the x-rays done, I was only 25, 26. And yet I still had some serious spinal trauma. Uh, You know, I'm talking about not, oh, pinch. No, I'm talking about like my spine was literally out of alignment. Uh, We measured it. And um, it it was actually incredibly motivating for me to see inside, say, wow, uh, even just my spine itself is like this. I wonder what else I could work on to improve.
0: Okay. So that was how you kind of had that aha moment, really, where you saw that you make me think of so a couple things, I want to hear more about, like what traction looks like for those of us that don't really know completely like i have kind of some preconceived notions on what i think traction is but i'd love to hear like a picture of what that looks like and basically you're saying that the kind of the old school thought with is that come and then come back and then come back basically and you're trying to prolong and improve the overall treatment decrease inflammation Mm -hmm. at the site um and really get that adjustment to really stick which is you know there's i've i've heard this go about from a different couple different ways i used to see a in fact, I didn't see any chiropractic till I met my husband in college at all um because our teachers in college uh were just anti chiropractic, which is kind of silly but um, so I didn't know anything about it, honestly, before that. And then afterwards, um, I went to a guy where you you uh, after you got adjusted, you went and laid in a room and you kind of let things move for a while. And then I'd also done some. I've also trained alongside chiropractors for some different types of modalities and therapies. And they always talk about the importance of nutrition for really holding a um, an mm-hmm. adjustment. So I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on that, and then if you could paint a picture of traction
1: for us. Yeah, so I'll tackle the first uh, the traction first. So traction itself is. Basically, if you picture pulling a rubber band apart and then it kind of returns to how it was, what we would focus on is not just pr- putting a permanent stretch into somebody's body. That that would not be pleasant and yeah, that wouldn't work. So what traction did and does is it allows people to maintain that adjustment. You're exactly right. It maintains the adjustment so that they can live their life more optimally long-term in between their visits to the chiropractor. And the goal is ultimately to provide a healthier nerve flow to all the organs in the body and everything is affected. Uh, you know, To put it in simple terms, all the nerves uh, are affected, or I'm sorry, all of your organs in the body, all the systems are affected by the nerve flow. That's where all, all that electric energy is literally coming from. And so if that's blocked or impeded, um, it's like it's like a fire hose only having a small little spigot to come out of and it's just not healthy. You want the nerve flow to be like a highway instead of like a tiny little spigot just trickling. And unfortunately, uh, you know, these nerves affect everything. Okay. My my grandfather, you know, passed away from diabetes and some other things and your pancreas is a direct player in diabetes. And so if your nerve flow is pinched off to the pancreas starting at age 35 because he tripped and fell at a family gathering... um, And you just kind of play it off as no big deal and you never get it checked out. Unfortunately, uh, it actually could cause a premature uh, passing away or just a lesser quality of life long term to no fault of that person, except maybe they didn't realize it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about, um, you know, chiropractic. I'm not a chiropractor, so I would definitely check with them about that. But my experience, that's what I've seen. Uh, And secondly... you have to remember that chiropractic is a business. So I don't know, you mentioned like a little bit of your experience there, Krista. So what for me I've noticed with chiropractic is each one does some weird stuff. Like I'll just be honest and it's not a knock on any profession, but it's just true. Like I don't know how much standing on the gigahertz device is going to help your feet. Like maybe it's literally just nothing. You know what I'm saying? There are some things that I think because it's a business that chiropractors try out and I, 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 me myself, I could create a device and then I could sell it to market it to chiropractors and tell them it's a life changing device and they could buy it for me. And I'm not in a place that I should be doing that, but I could. So my point is like, yeah, I I would, I would recommend, you know, being careful with chiropractors. I do believe there are a lot of gimmicky things out there, but the chiropractic I'm talking about would be people who, who really have a passion for seeing, seeing others live well.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And honestly, that's in every t- field, you know, there's there's always little things in every field. So it's really like any specialty, it's finding someone that really works for you. But let's step back and talk big picture. So, you know, we were kind of just talking about you, your training is really on body work, sort of in some way. So let's just talk about the importance of body therapy, like massage, like recovering properly um, and even diet as a, as a adjunct to recovering properly, like how does all that fit together? Why is that all important?
1: Sure. So with recovery, with recovery, uh, one of the biggest things with, you know, just diet and all of that, all of it ties together, as you know, without proper nutrition in between your exercise bouts, things like that, specifically if they're high intensity, uh, yeah, you're going to be, you're not going to be, it's, 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 it's like mistreating your body. I mean, you're not going to be Optimally functioning and for me, I'm like I mentioned I'm 27. I'm coming into the I'm still very young I'm not stupid I know I'm young and hopefully if you're listening and you're in your late 40s you're or mid 30s Whatever age you're listening um, You're still very young, but when it comes to the physical body around age 30 35 You start to notice that it takes a little longer to recover from a workout. Maybe that was 25 for you I don't know but for me, it's uh, you know coming up in the next four or five years here And so what I did was I was big really big into um Exercise and just being healthy and working out, and I would work out very intense, like high intensity workouts. So what I needed to do was find ways to treat myself in between each bout, or you know, occasionally like doing some foam rolling, myofascial release work, stuff like that is a really easy thing you can do for yourself in between. Um, and then and then being proactive about getting worked on in between, and and really goes to a mindset thing of being willing to invest in yourself. So many of my so many of my peers being, you know, I think with millennials, it's, it's a little bit easier for them to say yes to a massage or something like that. But even for me, um, it was hard for me to justify that. So I have to look at like, w- why, like, do I not think I'm worth it? But then it goes deeper, right? It goes even deeper to hearing the tape roll scratch at three in the morning. Cause my mom was trying to make ends meet when I was a kid, uh, selling books online and hearing that and feeling like I owe everything to her for that, which, you know, I, uh, both my parents work super hard. Um, uh, but that's a visceral, picture of of why it's hard to say yes to spending money even when it's important as your health and so I believe that for everyone to really live optimally you should be focusing on your physical health because uh, and you know not to neglect the other areas of course this is really to facilitate a healthier joining like you mentioned with that triangle Krista for all the three points to line up more effectively and more optimally if you will.
0: Okay so Jonathan, before I move on to like some other pieces of this, um, just to talk about body therapy overall, you yeah. threw out the word traction. So you kind of define that for us. But I don't know if anyone knows completely what physiotherapy is and st- mm-hmm. um, And I thought maybe you could define that for us and kind of how you've used it in practice
1: before. So when I was a rehab specialist, we would implement some physiotherapy, uh, you know, which is not physical therapy. Physiotherapy is more of, you know, exercising with exercise balls and doing some uh, you know, balance work and doing things like that. More that, more things that apply to your everyday life. Uh, occupational therapists also often use physiotherapy techniques. Uh, something that we would do was called, um, what was it called? Uh, stim. And that would do, basically, you put the stim pads on, you can get these yourself, by the way, at like Walmart, but you basically put that on the skin right over the area that's affected, uh, it, that facilitates uh, muscle contractions, the exact location of the pads, and that draws blood flow to the area. So, if it's an inflamed area, it's an injured area, uh, stim may be something that you want to check into. Again, this is all my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt.
0: Got it. Okay. So we talked about um, stem, bringing blood flow to the area, probably some of the similar things with like massage, but just taking, I, yeah, when I heard, so go ahead.
1: If I can, if I can talk about massage for a sec. Okay. So this is huge. Like it's the probably the most like, yeah, oh, uh, duh, we'll get a massage. Great. Oh, I'll feel better. No, like there are, there's so many reasons why a deep tissue massage is so good for you. For me, I'll get one probably every three months. I say that, but it's usually once or twice a year. Um, and I try to go for at least an hour. So they can really work on all the areas that are affected because, boy, does that time fly, um, even though most of it hurts. Um, you want them to go deep. You want them to op- like break up all of the scar tissue because we all are walking around with a crap ton of scar tissue. Um, and especially if you work out like uh, strength training or weightlifting, uh, gymnasts, whatever it may be. Um, even Okay, so one, one thing you can do right away, whether you're living with your roommates or your partner or your um, husband or wife, you can take a quick thumb massage to your traps and just a quick... Gentle massage and making sure, um, you know, it's a great thing to do as like a quick trade-off. Even if it's only ten seconds, that actually releases hormones that cause you uh, a calming, calming uh, side effect in your body. So that's something you can try tonight. Uh, especially, I like for me in the future, what I want to do, I would love to come home and just do that. And I'm talking literally ten seconds. It doesn't have to be like a ten-minute ordeal where oh, I'm tired, I don't feel like doing this. Um, and it, it it really does uh, make a difference. Your conversations are more relaxed. Takes the edge off, if you will. So try that instead of the beer next time.
0: Interesting. So you're taking, uh, your thumb and massaging your, like by your trapezius, right? So on the front, go ahead and walk us through that since this is audio.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So if you have, like, say you sit down on a chair, just knees bent at 90 degrees. Um, then you have, uh, the person you're going to massage, sit down right in front of you. Maybe they're on the floor so that they're, uh, their shoulders. A lot of, a lot of times trapeze, people think of traps as your shoulders. So where you grab someone on the shoulder and say, you know, Hey pal, what's up? Like that exact area is what I'm talking about. So it, the back, um, with them facing away from you, um, take both of your hands and just, you know, just massage, like what, what a typical massage would look like rotating your thumbs in a circle, uh, right on those, uh, right on the traps there. And you can, what, what I like to do is I like to squeeze my hands as well. Uh, in in conjunction with that and it really provides a really nice relaxing uh, quick massage that just kind of calms people down
0: yeah so I mean to get someone to do that there's got to be some uh...
1: (laughs) so (laughs) here's the thing I always recommend doing it first and then the reciprocation may or may not come so do it as a gift and then the person may say and like I said 10 seconds it's not it's not oh can you give me a massage it's gonna take 15 minutes like everybody wants to say that they love doing that for their they're a lover, but most people are like tired. They don't feel like doing it, which I get. So um yeah, I think if that does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, I think that answers it. Great. And it kind of it ties us into the next question that we wanted to talk about, which is really about Being gracious and having good perspective. I mean, you mentioned earlier about being willingness to invest in yourself. And you mentioned that there's a difference sometimes um, in different uh, generations. And I I mean, the more I work with clients um, in different generations, the more I see differences in kind of how – they treat themselves, Thing, you know how much they say that they have issues with certain things, things like that. So I definitely see some of those generational pieces as well. But um, you drew what's, some conclusions. What's an
1: example of that?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I definitely could agree with you that if you're about 30 to 45, you care more about like preventative and self-care than if you're a little bit older, you tend to be kind of of the mindset that... I can just live with this because this is normal, you know, a little bit like we're becoming more dissatisfied with things earlier on and doing more to kind of deal with it earlier on. I guess you could say that's kind of a little bit of what I'm seeing. Yeah. So but I know that for you and the message that you promote, um, it's really about uh, keeping the mental status in check um, while while trying to help others. So let's talk about gratitude, perspective, and how that can all impact total health and um, physical health. Because I've been talking to a lot of people lately about how it feels that we harbor kind of negative, uh, you know, bad things. Or we harbor negative attitudes or whatever, and it starts to affect our overall physical well-being and how we feel. Um, have you seen that as well?
1: Absolutely. I'm going to share a quote with you guys that I recently heard that changed uh, my perspective on this. So forgiveness is not about justice. It's about freedom. Mm, Yeah. So let that soak in. uh, And then after that soaks in, I want to share a story with you. I have a story for you and your listeners. So um, when I, let me see here. I lost three grandparents to health issues uh, as a child. So I I got some time with all of them, which was great. Um, And each and every one of them, they lived a fantastic life, you know, but their, their exits were really they were fairly upsetting due to the diseases and the health issues that ultimately took them. Um, and so what that did was it instilled in me at a young age the non-option that health is. And so I see that as a gift in that sense. I turned that into a gift and their life, the, all, the, all three of them, their lives was a huge gift. And uh, I'm very grateful for them and appreciate all of, that they've done to impact me and my family. Um, so I started focusing, though, or pretty early on, on the human body. And movement, wellness, exercising, and bodybuilding. Um, I'm a skinny guy naturally, very skinny. Uh, even in tenth grade, I was very, very skinny. I was just getting into my height, always a bit shorter. Um, and you know, the benefits and life improvements I've experienced from dialing in my physical health uh, is something that I want everybody to experience. So, understanding obviously some people deal with autoimmune diseases. I'm sensitive to the things someone may not have control over, uh, but I always and I always encourage people to ask, "What do you have control over health-wise?" And work, focus on that. Um, you know, obviously excluding tragic circumstances, uh, you know, with disease and things. Um, but I always try to work on that to the best of your ability. And I see it personally as a moral responsibility for myself, and so that I can give and be there for my family. Um, you know, and after my studies and everything, I have my own personal health. You know, experience with the health concerns. Uh, I see it as an exciting challenge, like every day. I had, you know, obviously I mentioned the un- unhealthy curves of my spine and what that was doing to my body. And honestly, I had some back pain and knots and things that shouldn't have been there. It was affecting my everyday life and my energy levels. And t- I'll touch on the mental aspect in just a second. But the thing that's really interesting, um, when I wasn't able to afford chiropractic after college at the time, I got hired as a rehab specialist. So I worked with all I worked with a doctor and I was treated three times per week as an employee perk. So, kind of instead of providing us health benefits, that was the thing that we got was three times a week uh, treatments, uh, full gamut. So, after I resigned from that position, I was still not able to afford that doctor. So, I bartered with him um, some video marketing services. Um, you know, we're talking at this point, over $5,000 worth of care has been bartered in exchange for treatments and uh, or treatments in exchange for marketing services to his, to his business and we're great friends to this day. Um, so, I... I that to share with you guys, like, I, there's really not any excuse financially. I know it's hard. Um, I don't have kids, so you know, I don't know how hard that can be. Uh, but I've, like I mentioned before, the way I grew up, uh, frugality is really important to me to this day. Um, but this is an area where I believe it's worth worth really investing in your in your health.
0: Forgiveness is not about justice; it's about freedom. And so I think we can either harbor our angers and whatnot, which can kind of manifest into worse.
1: Oh, I, my gosh. I see gosh. It, it
0: all the time. I mean, your attitude is really a reflection of your overall health, unfortunately. Yeah. So letting that go, I mean, I can just think of a personal experience. I had this conversation with on a podcast the other day. It was like um, we were talking all about emotions and coming from bad backgrounds and how, you know, you are 100% responsible for things going forward. Like life didn't happen to you. You are c- in control of life. So you can choose to steer that boat a little bit different way. And really there is, I think what you were getting at is it's really about a perspective. Do I care enough about myself to invest in XYZ thing in my health? Right.
1: For sure. And another thing with the attitude, you know, mental illness and not, I'm not talking on that. So if you deal with that, obviously, you know, that's really tragic. And, you know, I I don't speak to that because I don't experience and I don't know what it's like. Uh, but I, I recently lost a friend, um, to suicide actually, uh, less than a month ago. And, um, he was only 25. So I'm really passionate about mental health and, you know, physical health directly correlates with your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health is all, all intertwined. So what's the importance of gratitude and having a healthy perspective? Well, gratitude facilitates that healthy perspective. You know, like, oh, shut up. Gratitude attitude. We all know this. Well, gratitude or appreciation that words, I like that word better, appreciation, they're not exactly the same thing as being thankful. Because Mm -hmm. you can say, oh, I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful my light's turned on. And you can go through the list. It may feel petty, but you really are thankful. Okay, this is good. I'm thankful for this. But that isn't the same. Appreciation is an emotion. And that causes physical changes in your actual body. So when you appreciate the fact that you're your young son or young daughter, or for me, it's my nieces. They run up to you and they say, oh, Uncle John, Uncle John. They haven't seen me for a month. And they run up to me and they hug me and laugh and get really excited. I literally am just flooded with all of these positive emotions and like not to mention the hormonal release of oxytocin and just from being hugged and from giving hugs and showing love to them and my family. It's so impactful. And just realizing every day there's so much to appreciate right here and now. Um, one of the things that I noticed that was an unhealthy trend with my, um, you know, my since past, um, friend, rest his soul was the way he communicated. Uh, he had so many gifts and I, I, I strive to remember him by good things and the good positive aspects of his life. He was a very gifted guy and I'm so grateful I had time to know him. Um, unfortunately towards the end, many of his, uh, ways of communicating were just so, um, it was an illness. It really was because it, it was so dark and and filled with such false truth, like no truth to it whatsoever. Didn't even really add up. Uh, but I will add to that he was struggling with an autoimmune disease that did have a huge effect on his life and and every aspect of his life. It was very tragic. Um, but, you know, that being said, I, I, I see appreciation and seeing what are the things that I'm winning at. Did I get up today? Did I actually have the did I make my bed. That I have the ability to make my bed. Like I, I mean, it's just crazy to me. Once you start counting the things that we can appreciate, uh, I think the thief of joy is comparison. A lot of us have heard that. I just feel like when you compare, for me right now, I, 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 stuff. This is crazy too, right, Krista? Because I'm, I think of things in my head that I'm. Oh, everyone thinks that, but it's not always obvious. So. That's one of the reasons for me to do, you know, podcasting and share the interviews with my guests is because I'm thinking that my I have thoughts that are not always obvious to everybody else. Um, many people have the same thoughts, um I'm not saying that, I'm just saying something that I realize about self-awareness or about life. Like some people might not actually realize that. So I cuz I used to be really self-doubting and I was, oh, I don't need to say that. Everybody knows that. And so I started speaking up and people are, oh, wow, that's a good point. Okay, thanks for sharing that. I'm glad I heard that. Um, and you know, obviously you're not everybody's flavor. Um, that just goes with the territory of putting yourself out there. But in terms of, you know, just keeping an optimal physical health to facilitate a healthy mindset is so key. Um, for me personally, if I don't exercise, if like a three day period goes by where I don't take the time to invest into my physical health, whether that be exercise, uh, I, I notice a direct mental effect, obviously that I think that's been more than well proven in science by now. And for me personally, even though I'm a relatively super fit guy, I still deal with that, and it yeah I notice it. I really notice it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have several points. Like I'll, I'm so excited to summarize some of the really awesome sound bites from that. But you led in a perfect opportunity for me to segue into asking you. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds like you started speaking up when it wasn't popular to say more things positive, right? Like if you're around a group of women, sometimes and we all know how toxic this can be. And I feel like maybe society is yeah. shifting or maybe it's just that I'm not paying attention to those people anymore. I'm not sure which one it is, but you know, Same. misery loves company. Right. And so 100%. you can, you can, you can, you view that. And maybe you saw that misery loves company. And you're like, you know what? I'm just not going to like, I'm not going to say it like that. Or I'm going to twist it a different way. I'm going to give it a new perspective. Right. And so, um, you know, people kind of, they started listening and they, they thanked you for your, for your sentiments. And then you decided to share this on a larger platform. So I'm curious that that fits into the, you know, what made you, um, your kind of, your platform is really talking about supporting people and their health while they pursue passions. You know, why did you go yeah. with that angle? Um, yeah, overall, would you say?
1: It's a great question. So the biggest reason is because I'm obsessed with helping generous people see the I'm possible. Um, I just kind of came up with this, which basically instead of impossible, it's like I'm possible. And I got that out of a magazine. I didn't, that, that, I didn't like create that idea. Um, but what I mean by that is, for example, I love seeing kind people winning. And unfortunately, so many times, you may, you may have a friend picture of a friend come to mind when I talk about this. There are um, so many incredible people are out there who have an incredible gift to share, um, but unless they see what's possible, they will die with that gift that's still inside them. It's like one of the missions I have with the heart healthy hustle is to help bring that out of these people and I put a large focus on healthy living in every area of life um, to to facilitate a healthy journey and it's not always easy, right I, I share tools with my listeners really that help them to navigate business and life successfully and then you know the, the daily one percent wins. I, I help other people achieve. Like, that's why I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. Uh, what I mean by that, I mean that if I can help w- one person shift their perspective on what they see as possible by even 1%, whether that's with their career, um, their business, or their health, that's a huge win. That's a huge win. I don't know if you've read The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy.
0: I haven't read that book. I'm very okay,
1: familiar but the- hundred percent so the concept is those one percent or they change your whole life and it may not look like much today but over time that one percent you know positive change compounds and ultimately it just changes the outcome of that person's life for the better and that's my fuel and you know that's where that's selfishly that's what I love like if if that happens in somebody's life and they never tell me about it I will be just as grateful and when people unsolicited come up to you or message you or comment or tell you in a private email like hey um, you know this. I really needed to hear this today. Thank you. If someone's willing to say that to you, especially like you said in today's day and age of cynicism and misery loves company, that's huge. That don't take those for granted. And so I interview people on my, you know, podcasts who are focused on living an optimally healthy lifestyle in order to further facilitate progress in the direction of their dream.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I hear you talking about that one percent, it makes me think. I I just interviewed someone the other day, and she said. You know, if you can just be 1% better than yesterday, right? You're talking about helping 1%, right? And it's the whole compound effect. But just being 1% better. I think sometimes we we put these big lofty goals on a shelf and we're like, nope, can't make it, can't reach it. And that has... And that's not fair to us, right? We're not necessarily no. being realistic. <laughs> if we it's can just so not. shift one little piece, and sometimes we will shift backwards, and that's okay too. Um, but just literally, make, mm. making it just a small step forward every single day can be uh, extremely impactful. You'll be a 365% better by the end of next year.
1: And, and it could be a big decision or a smaller one. But those 1%, that should be so encouraging to you as the listeners to understand that 1% is not that much in the day-to-day. It could be the difference of you walking around your block for five minutes or doing one push-up. And one question I like for people to ask themselves and myself I'll ask as well, can I just? So can I just do one minute today or can I just do this? Can I just uh, you know, convince my wife or my husband to watch the kids for two minutes so I can go in the closet and just take a couple deep breaths after a long day, like whatever the case may be, like can I just? And those small 1% changes every single day – are, you know, life-changing because uh, those those are where a lot of your growth can happen and perspective can catch up with the momentum of your busy day, if that and, makes sense.
0: Yeah, I love, I feel like we could write that on the mirror um, so you can fill it in all the time. Can I just do that, right? Because it's so easy to think about what we can't do, but that is switching perspective to focus on everything we can do. So Jonathan, it, it feels like uh you're building so much momentum through your message you know what's some of the big things that um starting this platform has taught you
1: the more i learned i realize the less that i know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's really the truth like i'll learn something and the more i'm learning from these guests and from my own research and just picking the brains of these people i realize like the less that i know and that's really freeing because then i realize okay if i'm actually taking the steps to reach out to these experts and all these people and I'm still feeling like I know less and less. I know more, but I realize I learned more, but I realize I know less about the, like I'm realizing an awareness of like how much I don't know. And it's encouraging because then I realize if I'm this proactive person doing this, then everyone else is in the same boat. Like everybody's trying to figure it out. Every single person out there is going through the same hard stuff. I learned so much, to be honest. That's the soundbite, but... What I've learned from interviewing, you know, I've done over 50 highly successful authors, business moguls, spiritual leaders, things like that right by this point in my podcast, it's still newer, but I realized that you can live better today and that's really where my passion is leading. How do I do this? I do it by following what I call a lily pad approach to life. So how to start playing big in the areas of your life that matter most to you is I prioritize, that's the P, I allocate, that's the A, and then I decide and that's the D. So the priori- the prioritization is what matters most to you. Take 10 minutes, go somewhere alone at night, whatever the case, whatever, whatever it takes. Find yeah. out what, mm, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you to, re- so prioritize this P and you gave an example of that. And will you go through allocate and the D for us?
1: Yeah, that's my next point. So allocate your time and resources to the things that matter most today. Cause I was talking, this is crazy. Like you, you ever have it where like you realize something and then you have a conversation with your friend like six months later and it solidifies what you had already realized six months prior?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's or crazy. Like so, exactly. Or day, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so today I'm talking to my, my roommate at breakfast. We're having coffee. The sun's coming through the room and he works, Um, you know, he schedules his own hours. He actually works a very demanding job, but he does it in a way that works for him. And he was sharing with me, he's like, Hey, I used to work so hard. And I realized the more hard, the harder I worked in his specific field, mind you, if you're in sales and your commission goes up because you worked harder, that's a different situation. But his field, if, if he worked harder, it didn't change anything except how tired he was and how much people were relying on him. So he enjoyed the notoriety that came with that. But then he realized, I don't need that notoriety. I'd much rather have a healthy, a healthy enjoyable life. So. He worked with the hours, and he worked. He still works the same job. It's a high-demanding job, um, but it was just amazing to talk with him and hear that. He's in his you know, 30s, and I'm, I'm just talking to him. I'm thinking to myself, this guy learned how to allocate. So with allocation, it's this. Allocate your time and resources to the things that matter most. What's going to provide you a richer life now? Maybe a better mattress. Allocate funds to purchasing foods that will give you more energy. Cut spending on eating out. Um I don't believe diets whether that's for financial or nutritional I just they don't work they just don't because they are a short term thing it's a, it's it's always maintenance and if you that's something that working out taught me was it's maintenance so you get to a certain level you say this is awesome I love this but now I realize I have to maintain it week in week out and it's a lifestyle so if you're not willing to make that lifestyle change that's why so many people get derailed they do the diet and it doesn't work same for the finances Um, and we have to find replacements. That's a big thing. That's another thing against diets for me is, uh, replacements. And, you know, obviously there are certain diets that do help. I'm not saying that that's not the case. That certainly are things that have changed people's lives and that's fantastic. I'm so grateful for that. My opinion on diets as a whole is that, you know, what I shared just now. And then if you're willing to be self-aware and dive deep and develop your self-awareness, you can find ways to allocate your time and resources more effectively. You can, you just can. There's no, I can't. There's no way you don't know my life. I don't know your life, but I can guarantee you, you can find some ways to allocate your time and resources maybe more effectively or in a way that will facilitate, like it will help you to live better today. So for me, that was buying a nice mattress and downsizing my apartment. That's what I did. And I, you know, stuff like that, like being willing to take those leaps is scary. But and it, yeah, it's easier for me. I'm a single guy right now. Like I get it. But is, you know, if you're listening, and you're like, oh, I have a family like this. Look at other ways. There's other ways. The D in pads. So lily pads I'm obsessed with. Um, growing up, I used to go to this like water park. Okay. And they had lily pads, which are floating. I don't have you. Have you ever seen these Krista?
0: Oh, yeah, at those like water yeah. parks that you like I fall yeah. off of every time, yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly, so literally, uh me and my buddies would try to sprint across them all in one leap. We were those obnoxious kids, like knocking other kids off and falling and hurting ourselves, so what I realized from that is that li- life is a series of lily pads, um, and the D for pad is decide, so I believe decision is one of the greatest enemies to anxiety, so if you're out there, you're struggling with anxiety, it may be to make concrete decisions for you, but what's the alternative? You're already anxious by not making the decision. Am I right? So if you're anxious anyway, because you failed to make a decision, then what will you lose by making a decision? So try to go from autopilot to decision maker. And remember, you know, without making a decision, you cannot move. You'll stay stuck in a season. Each lily pad represents a season. So watch this. Decisions allow you to set yourself up to win. Decide to embrace where you are right now And you need each and every season you're in to prepare for where you're going. So each season is a chapter, a job that you go through in your life. It's just a parking spot. Whether you're in a bad relationship, whatever it may be, it's just a lily pad. So you're supposed to keep jumping to the next lily pad. And once you learn what you are supposed to learn on a single lily pad, you should jump to the next one in faith and live fully in each season. So even if it's a hard season that you don't like, do your best in every way possible to embrace it. Um, let others help you let other people help you be willing to leave behind what you're good at in order to find what you're the best at mm-hmm. What you're best at, you know what I mean? That was huge for me to realize that
0: right to be able to shift in order to live your full purpose Right.
1: Yeah, for sure And the situation or problem that occurs when we don't give it our all in each and every lily pad season Even the hard ones that we hate, the jobs that we can't stand, the bosses who are jerks, is that we can get stuck on a lily pad. So what happens to the lily pads? They get old, they're strong when they're young, they hold up the weight, but they're not meant to hold or support you for more than a season. They die. So if you refuse to take life by the horns while you're on a lily pad you don't particularly like, then you sabotage your own confidence in your leaping ability. So then what happens when it comes time to make the leap to the next season in your life? That next lily pad, you're not ready and you allow fear to keep you from jumping. And you stay stuck in that miserable season. And then you become stagnant and you struggle to maintain the support as the lily pad dies because its season has ended. And that's my belief that it's largely the reason why so many people are unhappy in their day-to-day life.
0: Yeah, because they just stay on the same pad. I love this analogy. It's a good analogy to like write pad, prioritize, allocate, and decide, um, you know, and apply it to different sections or pieces or seasons of life or however you choose
1: to do that. 100%. And the biggest thing about lily pads, like I was talking with you before about what it actually is, they're like they're pads that float in the water for kids to play on. So enjoy your life. You know, lily pad jumping is supposed to be fun. It's going to be sloppy. It's silly, but it's so, so fun. So you definitely are going to slip. You're definitely going to bust your butt. You're going to fall. You will fall, but you can always climb back on top and try it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Jonathan, um, there's some. There was some great sound bites here. One of them, you know, was the lily pad thing we just talked about. The other one, um, I was thinking, I was right. I always write notes when I'm talking to someone. You know, it was really uh, perspective about. You know, life isn't happening to you; it's happening for you. And so, yeah. instead of you know, gratitude isn't just thankfulness. This is an aha moment for me. Gratitude isn't just thankfulness. Um, it's really appreciation, and appreciation is a moment. So. Jonathan, one of the things that the questions that everyone gets is like, if if you're speaking today and people feel like, gosh, I hadn't thought about it in this manner before, or this guy's speaking my language or something to that extent, um, what's your gut reaction of something you'd want to leave them with today to make their life one percent better for tomorrow?
1: Mm. I personally would say just embrace the unknown. Strive to live an excellent life uh, in congruence with what you say you believe, but um, for me, I'm a man of faith, and I'm also very flawed, imperfect, and I make mistakes every single day, You know, and achieving excellence in my work, then I won't feel confident that I'm representing God well. So I don't place my confidence in my own confidence. I don't place it in my money, my skills. In my opinion, it's a fatal mistake. So I would just say, assess what you're placing your confidence in, and then you don't have to worry if it's going to reveal something scary to you, because if it does, it's ultimately going to be for the greater good of your life. So if you ask yourself... What am I placing my confidence in? And then say, at the end of the day, I've been blessed with an opportunity to live the best life possible. I see it as my ethical duty to live that out. That's just my personal thing. I don't, I don't hold people to the same standard. Um, in fact, if I was to say something to my younger self, I would say, don't you know, stop putting people on pedestals. And everyone's going through similar trials and insecurity. And don't you know, judging people doesn't serve you. Put it in one sentence. Keep your word.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. I like it. Um, you know, gratitude is not optional, it is kind of non-negotiable, right? Because you need to have appreciate in order to have these positive emotions, you have to embrace that appreciation. So... Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. I feel like you're sort of a motivational speaker um, in the process. Uh, I, I feel I feel like that's your calling a little bit. I think you're already doing that, right, with your platform. So um, thanks, thank for, you. thanks for coming on today to talk about gratitude and perspective and how you see that affecting your people, um, my, just all people, right? So um, and the importance of kind of self-care and those types of things. So Jonathan, where can people find you?
1: Yes, for sure. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Um, you guys can find me on at my website. It's triple H podcast.com. So that's H H H podcast.com. And then we're very active on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, but Instagram's a lot more fun. So just follow us at heart, healthy hustle.
0: Cool. Very good. All right, Jonathan. Uh, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you again soon.